This Rise and Shine podcast series has been made possible by the generosity of the Zeitelman Family Foundation, which is committed to the unity and continuity of the Jewish people through meaningful and relevant Jewish education and wisdom. Feeling left out hurts, whether you're 5 or 55. Facebook and Instagram can have tremendous benefits, but there are other side effects can awaken the sensitive and easily wounded part of all of us. This is Rise and Shine, a podcast that offers timeless wisdom and uplifting meditations to fill your heart, feed your soul, and start your day on a positive note. Here is Adrian Gold Davis. So I want to share with you that a friend of mine mentioned the other day that before COVID lockdown and isolation, she kept seeing people's online pictures of their dinner parties and their Shabbat tables, all sad and gorgeous. And she sees shots of groups of friends out for dinner at a restaurant or shopping together, mugging for the camera. And she wondered, is she petty because she feels like she's rarely invited to these parties and dinners and wondered if it's fair to, as she put it, rub it in someone's face that they're entertaining or going out and that you're not on the guest list? It gave me pause because sometimes I take photos of my Shabbat table too and I post them myself. And often the table is just set for my immediate family, but it never occurred to me that someone might feel left out of my entertaining. And then I consider the scores of pictures that I don't take. The overflowing laundry basket. The family blowouts. The rolled eyes and the slam doors. You know, my husband is a contractor. He can tell you how often he has to repair door frames on kids' bedrooms where the door has been slammed so hard that the frame is broken or hanging off. But that's hardly the point. Feeling left out hurts, whether you're five or 55. And today, as everyone lives their lives online, we have so many more occasions to feel that wound. I feel certain, and of course, this is me following the laws of judging my fellow favorably, that the people posting those shots are looking to share their joy, not cause pain in others. They would likely be mortified to think that you felt left out. And it's a rare individual whose intentions are to hurt. Now, I imagine you can think of examples in your own life where your intentions were misconstrued and you felt unfairly judged. All of this opens a topic that Judaism has plenty to say about. Causing embarrassment or hurt is considered a big transgression. The laws of speech and gossip that we refer to in Hebrew as the laws of Lashan Hara, evil speech, are nuanced and deep. Now, here's an example by the incredible Rabbi Yisrael Salanter, who was a master of the Musar movement, which is a Jewish movement based on the refinement of character. Here's what he said. If you say about a cantor that he's not clever, and about a rabbi that he doesn't have a good voice, that's just gossip. But if you say about a rabbi that he's not learned, or about a cantor, that he doesn't have a nice voice, then you're a murderer. You have destroyed their livelihood. We all know 
that stealing is wrong, but can we understand why the thief does it? He wants something he doesn't have. But with Lashan Hara, a person doesn't gain anything. All he does is flatter his feelings by lowering someone else's esteem. If you speak good about other people, you're going to have an upbeat attitude. If you speak bad, it lowers your own image in other people's eyes. No one appreciates someone who's always complaining about others. It's not only evil. It cuts away at your happiness. So there's another category of lashanhara, evil speech, that's called avak lashanhara, the dust of lashanhara. And it's referenced here by Rabbi Hanoch Teller. And here's what he says. Avak lashanhara borders on lashanhara and is a rabbinical prohibition. An example of avak lashanhara is praising someone in the presence of their enemy or competitor, because this instigates the person to speak Lashon Hara about his foe. The commentator Rashi says that a craftsman naturally despises those in his line of profession. It is unfair to expect a person to be objective about his competitor. He goes on to say that the Gemara says one must downplay a person's hospitality if effusive praise is going to cause other people to take advantage of the host. Likewise, it's wrong to divulge a person's financial generosity if it will cause other people to pester them for contributions. Conversely, if you do not actually say anything negative, but your gesticulations indicate something negative, you have violated avaklashanhara. It is forbidden to show people unflattering photos about others. Likewise, displaying letters from others with grievous errors and spelling mistakes is wrong. While these laws were written long before Instagram and Facebook were invented, they are timely and timeless. I also believe that the spirit of them can be easily applied to what we post online, even when we have the best of intentions. I do not think that these reactions are petty. And even if they are, do we want to be the provocation of that sensation in someone? We're all sensitive, and social media feeds that FOMO, that fear of missing out. And the practice of judging favorably helps us reframe our thoughts, which will in turn help us adjust our feelings. For example, we might see those shots and say to ourselves, I'm feeling left out and lonely and a bit insecure. Why was I not invited to this event? Wait, I know. Perhaps they plan to invite me at another time. And even if they don't, it's still good to see people are hosting and entertaining others. Look how beautifully her table was set. You know, I'm going to host a dinner very soon and not post photos of it and invite people who I think might not get too many invitations themselves. I'm going to make my home a place where everyone is welcome. If I saw this and it caused me pain, so this is an area that I will take action in. So we're not denying our feelings. Rather, we're using them as a springboard for compassion and to become more outwardly focused ourselves. 
We can ask ourselves when or if we've posted images that might have provoked similar feelings in others. Then we can remember that our intentions were never to cause pain. Facebook and Instagram can have tremendous benefits, but their other side effect can awaken the sensitive and easily wounded part of all of us. This week, can we be more careful about what we post online, remembering that while it is perfectly lovely to want to share our joy publicly, that we need to be sensitive to the feelings of our fellow and not scatter or provoke the dust of evil speech or painful thoughts? If we must post, can you caption it with something like this? Oh, how I wish that everyone I know and love could have been there to share in this joy with me. Here's to all of us, considering long and hard before we post anything that might cause pain. And also, to reframing our less charitable emotional responses so that we can become experts in judging favorably. And maybe even post a few candid moments of the bedlam in our lives, just so the true extent of human experience has its moment in the spotlight as well. If missing out can cause pain, imagine how much vulnerable, truthful shots of the less attractive parts of our day can soothe. Thanks for listening to Rise and Shine. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to Momentum Podcasts on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Join Adrian again next time for more timeless wisdom and uplifting meditations that fill your heart, feed your soul, and start your day on a positive note. This podcast was sponsored by the Zeitelman Family Foundation. Spread the wisdom. Inspire Jewish individuals around the globe by supporting Momentum's podcasts. To sponsor, contact podcast at MomentumUnlimited.org. You're listening to a Momentum podcast. For unlimited inspiration, wisdom, and empowerment, visit MomentumUnlimited.org.